Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Nine Innings Podcast hosted by Kevin Thompson, RICP, CFP of Nine Innings Capital Group and Rethink Wealth. I am so glad to have you on this podcast today because it's going to be a good one. We have a couple of our confidants that we work with. We have first James McGlynn of Next Quarter Century. As you know, James was a former institutional manager. He's been in the business for 25, 30 years, managing actual mutual funds for companies and for institutions. James is a CFA and RICP, and James is here today to offer some of, of his uh, expertise in the world of finance. We also have Travis Hostetler, our main man, our internal life insurance uh, expert here at Rethink Wealth. He is a vast wealth of knowledge. He basically runs our business here in, at the firm here at Rethink Wealth in the Fort Worth division. And we are so glad to have him on the first, I guess this is the first time we've had uh, 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 Travis Hostetler on the call. So Travis, let me say this. Welcome to Night in His Podcast. Welcome to our, our edition. How are you doing today, Travis Hostetler? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I can't believe it's taking this long for you to get the invite. <laughs> well, this is the first time we've had Travis, and we appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with him. And the reason we have Travis today is for a couple of reasons, but for the main reason is we're talking about the hot button issue right now. This is a hot button issue. This is what investment advisors fight about. This is what insurance salesmen fight about over and over and over again buying term and investing the difference. So I wanted to bring Travis on because I know he has a passion for the insurance side of the business and of course, financial planning in general, but he has a passion about it. And also I wanted to bring on James McGlenn who has an investment background on this as well. So we can have some, some different viewpoints on this. So I'm going to start with Travis because he, he, I want him to under, to, to kind of talk, talk a little bit about his background. So Travis, uh, you work with Guardian Life Insurance Company, and again, just full disclosure, we are a Guardian Life Insurance Company, and uh, we, we operate through Guardian, but we're not a captive agent through Guardian, so I want to give that full disclosure there. So you work with Guardian Life Insurance. Uh, tell us a little, bit about, a little bit about how long you've been in the business and your, your background. Yeah, so I started with Guardian in 2008, uh, right before the real estate uh, issues we had back at that time. Um, so it was an interesting time to get started. Uh, that being said, I was brought into the business uh, primarily to deal with whole life. So uh, I was brought in to build in plans uh, for clients based on their balance sheets, et cetera. Uh, and that was kind of my starting point. So what that's morphed into today is kind of uh, here at Rethink Wealth, you know, starting that division uh, and being in charge of it. And all the way to the point now where I am managing and servicing over a thousand different policies of clients all over the country. And so uh, that includes a, obviously a large demographic of people um, from different incomes, different walks of life, different ages, different, all, you name it. Um, so that being said, um, I, I do like this type of conversation because I do feel like uh, the permanent insurance piece is one area that not everybody is as familiar with, and there may be some misconceptions on. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. 
Again, thank you, Travis, for joining us on the 90s podcast. And we also, of course, James McGlynn, the 90s podcast. James, uh, you're calling from your home today. I know we're still kind of in the quarantine mode here. Uh, so, James, uh, give the people, they already know who you are, but give them just a smidgen of your background, like when you started in 1987, and, and just a little bit of your investment background before we get started. I actually got into finance in 1980 after graduating from the University of Texas. You might see some Longhorns behind me. Um, have a CFA, managed money for endowment funds, uh, different retirement accounts, mutual funds, multiple different mutual funds, also for an insurance company. So my background, uh, as opposed to Travis being mostly whole life, has been on the investment side, primarily with mutual funds and uh, the equity markets. So, perfect, you mentioned that. Now, we've all heard this before. We all constantly hear it. I know Travis battles back and forth with it, right? Uh, buying term and investing the difference. Now, we're not going to name any names here. We're not going to say, oh, so-and-so from XYZ firm or whatever. We just know that there's people out there that are saying, Buying term and investing the difference works. Buying term and investing the difference is the only thing you need to be doing and permanent life insurance you should never do. So let's, let's talk about that for a minute here. Travis, when you hear people talk and say buying term and invest the difference, um, from, your, from your expertise, because you have, you've had a lot of uh, experts, expertise in, in, in whole life insurance, um, does buying term and investing the difference, is it really a bad thing? Um, I would say no, it's not a bad thing. I, I will say it really comes down to a cash flow conversation. And it's primarily about a person's cash flow um, and ultimately what their desires are. And I, as I mentioned before, I think the, the permanent piece, and I'll speak directly to whole life because in my mind, that's really the only player in this conversation um, is the one permanent insurance that's been around for over 200 years. Uh, the other ones we may mention are not, don't pertain in this conversation. So the, the reason I mention that is I don't know that everyone is fully up to speed with uh, the specifics of what I'm describing. And then what I mean by that is it, it's almost a forced savings plan for individuals, similar to a 401k or something else where you're having automatic, uh, systematic things happening as far as savings or investing. The whole life policy works in that same regard. And my experience has been that most America, from a cash flow perspective, don't have the ability to do a term and invest the different type of strategy because either the term doesn't ever happen or the investing doesn't ever happen because they spend too much money. And so by having a, a cash flow plan, whether that's term and invest the difference or whether that's whole life and term and investments altogether, whatever that may be, as the advisor, it's really up to us to frame that cash flow conversation much more importantly than the product specifically. Oh, that, that's nicely put, nicely put. James, you and I had a conversation earlier today about this, this, this topic here. Uh, what say you on this matter? Well, I think like Travis says, you know, if someone can buy term and force themselves to invest the difference, then investment-wise, that, that that's, a, that's a much better strategy. But behavioral-wise, a lot of people can't, uh, don't have the discipline to maintain that for the, for the duration. 
So you're saying that from a standpoint of buying term and investment, investing the difference may work if the, if the psychology is there where they have a forced savings. And then, and of course, life, life goes on without a hitch. There's no, uh, there's no issues. There's no car breakdowns. There's no house falling apart or just, there's just all these different things have to work uh, to basically make this happen. But you're saying that buying term and investing in difference can work if you are able to force yourself to save in that investment account. Is that what you're saying, Travis? Well, I would say with all of us, as we approach retirement, whether that's 40 years away or four years away, the primary concerns for, for all of us, and when you talk to retirees, really only come down to a few things. Market fluctuations, unknown taxes, inflation, cost of health care. I mean, these few things are really what everybody's debating. And it really comes down to, do I have enough money to answer for all those different avenues? And what I'm saying is, as we position ourselves through diversification of not only different assets like investments and term and whole life, name the other investment or name the other tool, financial tool, the importance lies more on what are the tax implications on those different areas? What are the market conditions? Are they risk? Are they promise-based type of scenarios? Do they have contractual uh, guarantees behind them? If you have a host of all those different areas versus just an insurance policy that's temporary that's going to disappear and investments, that's a pretty broad category. So I'm, I, I think I'm more, I'm not arguing against term and invested difference. I'm arguing for some term, some investments, and some whole life. Interesting, interesting. So a lot of pundits will say, well, why ever purchase whole life? It is far too expensive. Uh, James, um, I'm sure you've, you've heard that. Like you mentioned before, uh, the term buying term and invested difference comes, comes, came from what company? You said, James? I think A.L. Williams back in the, uh, the 80s. I that's the first time I heard that term. No <laughs> exactly. And typically, so when, when, when in, in the investment community, James, when people say whole life is expensive, expensive, what are they, what are they actually saying? To buy the death benefit, whole life is very expensive. If you're looking at a dollar for dollar or bang for the buck. And if all you want is a death benefit term for that you know, 20, 20 year time frame, is cheaper. But all you're getting is the option to get a death benefit which expires after the end of that term whereas the whole life is more than death benefit it's the it's the cash value growth underneath it and the ability to maintain it after you hit a certain age and and also what they're saying is that well okay so if i can do that if i can take the premiums of my whole life policy and put those into a savings vehicle that can get me five six or seven percent I know, I know, Travis, when I say five, six or 7%, you kind of cringe, but five, six or 7%. And then over time, when I look at this, what do I have in this bucket? What do I have in my whole life bucket? And I mean, is it more beneficial for me to go from this bucket to this bucket? Which, what, how, mu how much more cash do I have in bucket A versus bucket B? And that's typically what people think about buying term and invested difference. Uh, Travis, you're, you're, you have a long, you've been in this business for a while. Has buying term and investing the difference for a client ever, have you ever seen it work? I don't know that I've ever seen a, a situation from beginning to end that just play out that way. I will say 
So two things. Number one, if you make enough money and you save enough money, it doesn't matter what you do. It, it, you know, you're going to be just fine. Okay. But we're talking about a very small percentage of America, correct? So for the rest of America, you mentioned how much money am I going to have in bucket A versus bucket B at X point in time? This is one of the biggest areas in my mind that we as advisors don't do a good job because what I have in those buckets at said point in time is not nearly as important as what can I actually get out of those buckets for said period of time. And so that's, I think, where a lot of times we fail is we run a race that ends at retirement when the race doesn't end at retirement, it just begins at retirement. And so the amounts of money I have when I reach retirement are not as important as how much liquidity I actually have in retirement. And that's really more my argument against term and invested difference. Wow. Well said, well said. James, what say you on this matter in regards to, I know Travis mentioned it's not about what's in bucket A and bucket B, it's what you can get out of bucket A and bucket B. So what say you on this matter? Oh, I think that Travis has a good point. I think it's, the whole life might get more prominence now that the uh, stretch IRA is going away, that you only have 10 years to take the money out. People were convinced of my generation, put all your money into an IRA and you can take it out when you turn 70 and a half. And then if you die, whenever you die, that can go to your kids and stretch out for another 40 years, maybe, maybe longer, who knows? Now uh, you put your money in the IRA uh, and when you die, the, your offspring only has 10 years, and that might be a very bad tax situation. Now people are starting to warm up to maybe I want a whole life policy uh, for those tax benefits, uh, as opposed to having it in an IRA since the stretch has disappeared. You're listening to the 980s podcast hosted by Kevin Thompson of the, of the 980s Capital Group and Rethink Wealth. We have our special guests, James McGlynn of Next Quarter Century and Travis Hostetler of Rethink Wealth guys um so what do you guys say and of course we're talking about buying term and investor difference what do you guys say about the concept of people really can't afford whole life insurance i mean is is there a certain segment of the of society a certain set the certain segment of of the economy that cannot afford to to have whole life on their balance sheet uh we'll go we'll go with, we'll go with james on that I think it's, it's like a two-part answer. Many people buy too much whole life uh, without assuming that they're going to have a bump in the road some long, somewhere along the lines of the next 20 years. So some people probably stretch and get too big of a whole life policy. And other people's incomes either way too low or way too volatile for them to be committed to a whole life policy, whereas it's much easier to stop your 401k contributions for a few months and then start them up again. So Travis, um, like I just mentioned, same question to you. Uh, is, it, is it a portion of our society that whole life is not the best thing for them? Or would you say that whole life, everyone would need it on their balance sheet? Well, there's never anything in life where everyone should have or need. That's just a fact with, with any aspect of life. So um, whole life is no different. And so I, what I would say, and similar to, to I agree with what James said, you have a certain uh, segment of people who if you can't save enough to uh, have an emergency fund in your bank account, you shouldn't have a whole life policy. 
if you are saving 200 bucks a month and you're barely scraping by and, and you have a lot of volatility volatility in your income, obviously that's not a, the right product for you. But when we're looking at a overall uh, being a financial coach and coaching people up to be able to save 15, 20, 25% of their gross income as they're preparing for retirement, when you have people that can do that, uh, whether they make 100000 or a $1 million a year, whatever number fits into that category would make sense to have that as an aspect of their uh, portfolio, if you will. And I always point out to every client, this whole life policy is not something that we're going to look at in a month or in a year or six months and say, how are we doing? Right? It's really something we're locking in at a minimum of one to three years. We feel great. There's not going to be any changes in this strategy as far as funding it. Once we get beyond year three and so on and so forth, the policies that I design and that I'm a part of, there's flexibility and there's ability to adjust for the what ifs that we are unknown, obviously, as we step off into any strategy. We can adjust and we can fine tune that. To answer your original question, do I think it's for everyone? No, absolutely not. So my, I guess my final question here, um, we talk about permanent life insurance and, and, and again, buying term and investing in difference, which is the, the number one reason why we're having this conversation. A lot of the pundits are having these conversations with people that I would say 80 to 85% of Americans probably can't afford to have a permanent life insurance policy in their balance sheet. Just, just call it what it is. They, right now, I have a statistic that said 58% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their savings account. So that basically means that there's a lot of people out there that just really can't save money. So with that being said, is this product for you? Maybe not. Maybe you need to go buy term. You maybe did it by term, but ultimately you're still not saving any money on the back end. So what Travis mentioned before, the most important thing is, hey guys, if you're saving some good money, you're gonna win the game regardless if you buy term or if you or if you buy permanent life insurance. But the people that have have trouble saving and they want another savings vehicle on their on their balance sheet and they want to have a permanent death benefit on their balance sheet, absolutely having a permanent life insurance death benefit on your balance sheet with the cash value increase is 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 typically a, a good thing. Full disclosure, I have term on my balance sheet. I have whole life on my balance sheet. So I do believe in both of those concepts there. Uh, anything else that, that uh, James, you want to add to that piece? Well, yeah, I, I think what we're saying is whole life is good for some people, but the vast majority probably can't afford it. Term life is great for everyone who has dependents, and if you have a dependent and you don't have any term policies, I, I just ask, what alternative, what are you thinking if, if you don't have a term policy, if you have dependents? But that's just me. Yeah. And one thing I, I hear all the time, because I mentioned this earlier today, people who have insurance through their employers, you have to be cognizant of the fact that we know what just happened, right? You... 30 million people are unemployed. That means there's a lot of people out there that no longer have health insurance, they no longer have life insurance, they no longer have any type of benefits on their balance sheet. And their, and their family is, is incredibly exposed. It's very important for everybody who's listening to this call today to go and get a minimum of term insurance on your personal balance sheet. I'm going to say it again. 
it's important to get a minimum of term insurance on your balance sheet to protect the people that you care about. Because when the job is no longer there, that insurance is no longer there. They can say, oh, it's only 10 bucks a month and I, you have $400,000 worth of coverage. Yeah, that's great. But you're never going to see it because that job, once you leave that job, it goes away. So please, I implore those who are listening to this call, who are viewing this podcast today to go and at least apply with your financial advisor or call me and we can get this stuff taken care of for you as well. Uh, you have my contact information after the call today, but please, please, please get some term insurance at the minimum. Travis, you have anything left to add on that? Yeah, I would say uh, we're, we're really discussing two different things. So if we're, if we're concerned and we're protecting uh, our, our families, our beneficiaries from a premature death, term insurance is always the way to go. Okay, let me say that again. If we are primarily concerned with a death benefit, term insurance is the way to go. If we're, when I'm designing a whole life policy or a permanent insurance plan, the death benefit is traditionally last on the importance list. It's being designed as another asset on our balance sheet that we have full intention of drawing income back out of that will be tax privileged, uh, if you will. And that's our reason for doing it. That's the primary reason. It is not to buy expensive death benefit or insurance. So I just want to point that out. I, I agree with what you said, Kevin. Everyone that, uh, that can or has people that are dependent on their income in one way, shape, or form should be protected. Uh, we just released, uh, Guardian just released uh, some great term rates that are uh, comparable or competitive with anyone out there. Uh, we can get up to $3 million covered right now with just an electronic application. We don't need real signatures. There's no uh, exams required. It's the most simplest time to get term insurance you've ever seen in your entire life. So to Kevin's point, uh, if, if, if you are in need or if that's something that is important to you, there's no time better than right now. Yeah, full so Travis, do you have operators standing by? <laughs> absolutely you can call me if these guys don't want to help you out give me a call full disclosure uh, we all work for a guardian life insurance company however we are not a captive agent we can go through a bunch of multiple different companies whether it be company x company y company z not gonna name any names but of course uh travis did mention yes guardian has these uh, special offers going on at the t at this present time uh last question james mcglenn uh you on the investment side uh you have a lot of colleagues who again believe in buying term and invested difference i know you mentioned that today um and and, and you have been a a i guess you, you have been transformed into our our belief system on how it can work for you inside of retirement so what have you learned throughout this process in regards to your your ideas when you came in on just buying term versus purchasing permanent life insurance well, I, I think, you know, I, I do have a friend who did have a term or a whole life policy in his early 20s, and he's been putting money in there for, for decades, and he's happy with it. It's, I think most of my colleagues spend a lot of time understanding the stock market investments, and it's more, uh, more it's a sexier field than insurance. I think it would have been nice to have had an education on a basic whole life policy and what it means to have talk to someone like Travis said in 40 years this is going to be fantastic when you pull the money out of it and it would have been much easier to save in the 20s have a whole life uh, policy growing 
and then be throwing up tons of cash uh, decades later. So I would have liked to have had a, some education on this in my 20s, uh, whereas I had to get educated in this in my 50s to get a whole life policy with a lot of cash value in it. Yeah. Hey, guys. <clears throat> Thank you guys for joining us for that today. I, mean, I know this has been a, a hot-button conversation, a hot-button issue in our industry, buying term investor difference. And I guess if you, want, if you want my opinion on it, guys, it is basically just to do a little bit of everything. You're going to need some term. You're going to need some whole life. You're going to need some investing. You're going to need some maybe some real estate and all these other different things. Having as, having, having as many buckets that are non-correlated as possible for retirement income purposes is the best way to move forward. If you have any questions on this, feel free to contact us. Our, our information is going to be at the end of the call. And then again, uh, we'll, we'll take you through our meeting process, walk you through the, uh, the underwriting process and get you guys well taken care of the right way. Travis, thank you for joining us today on the 90s podcast, as well as Jane McGlenn. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their financial representatives are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Think Wealth and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Kevin Thompson, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC OSJ 3040 Post Oak Boulevard, Suite 1150 Houston, Texas, 77056-281-220-2700. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Rethink Wealth is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This material is for informational purposes only. By providing this content, we are not undertaking to provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, investment strategy or product to any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Travis Hostetler, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CA license number 0G44638. AR license number 10224705, 2020-102,800, 2020-102,800, 2020-102,800, EXP6-2022. Please keep in mind the primary purpose of life insurance is the death benefit. Whole life insurance is intended to provide death benefit protection for an individual's entire life. With payment of the required guaranteed premiums, you will receive a guaranteed death benefit and guaranteed cash values inside the policy. Guarantees are based on the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Dividends are not guaranteed and are declared annually by the issuing insurance company's board of directors. Any loans or withdrawals reduce the policy's death benefits and cash values and affect the policy's dividend and guarantees. Whole life insurance should be considered for its long-term value. Early cash value accumulation and early payment of dividends depend upon policy type and or policy design.
and cash value accumulation is offset by insurance and company expenses. Consult with your guardian representative and refer to your whole life insurance illustration for more information about your particular whole life insurance policy.